Welcome to the Game of Crowdfunding interview slash Road to Relaunch Edition. <laughs> Recorded Wednesday, July 9th, 2014. That's right, there's a slash in there. Uh, we kind of warned you about this last time, but we are going to do the Road to Relaunch Part 6 here as a regular interview. But as a regular introduction, who is joining me on Google Hangout tonight? I am Doug Levandowski here, one half of Meltdown Games. So tell me a little bit more about this Meltdown Games thing you have going on. So Meltdown Games is a conglomerate. Uh, it's two brains, which are usually better than one. <laughs> it's me and my buddy John McNeil, uh, who lives down in Virginia. So it's uh, usually electronic communication or phone calls. And uh, we got together about a year and a half ago to form Meltdown Games to work on bringing Gothic Doctor out to the world. It looks like that's actually going to happen this time around. So uh, we're excited about that. And unfortunately, John could not be with us tonight. He's yes busy, busy man. Miss you, John. <laughs> yep. Someday you're just going to have to like get a hold of me just to get a hold of me. So I know you're okay, <laughs> man. <laughs> you know, uh, before we get too far into this, though, you kind of touched on something. I just wanted to spend a nice moment in the beginning here, just kind of uh, soaking it in. Yeah. Gothic Doctor is fully funded. Yes. Which is awesome. So first and foremost, thank all of you uh, that have been tuning in for the road to relaunch, that have been listening to Doug and I pontificate on all things Kickstarter and getting this Gothic Doctor back out there. But Doug, between what you and John have been doing, between the recordings we've done here, things you've done elsewhere, working with Indie Game Alliance, mm -hmm. you are officially going to be able to make Gothic Doctor with plenty of time to spare. I also want to kind of point out that as of right now, and again, uh, Gothic Doctor is going until July 23rd, 2014. So still plenty of time left to jump on board. But as of right now, you officially have more money pledged than you did when the last project ended. You also have more backers than you did last time at this point. I knew about the more backers. We have more money pledged. That's awesome. You do. You are uh, just a little over, but it is over by about $400 or so. Nice. What you raised last time when, or potentially raised <laughs> when the last one was unsuccessful. So I, you, I have not seen that. That's, yes. that's great. So let me just say, if anybody's listening who backed already, thank you so much. This it's been flattering and humbling all at the same time to get the kind of support we've gotten. It's just amazing. I'm at a loss for words, sort of, which Jeff knows is a rarity. <laughs> but uh, thank you all so much. We appreciate it. And even if you've just been listening to it and telling people about the podcast, then that's, then that's phenomenal, too. So I can't put into words how much John and I uh, both appreciate everything. We've you know had conversations where we try to articulate it. And it usually just comes out as a string of half sentences. Like, we just, I don't know what to... I get, so we just use a lot of exclamation points in our writing, which is all. And then I go back and, and delete half of them because there's just like one at the end of every sentence when I first, when I do my first draft of updates and stuff. So we really appreciate it. It's been, it's been amazing. The Kickstarter community has just been, just been amazing. Phenomenal. Great. Pick an adjective. So it's been great to be along on the side here for the ride. You know, it, it's no secret. <laughs> <laughs> I've been cheerleading for this since last campaign and Doug and I have had several conversations uh, above and beyond what you guys get to hear. 
So mm-hmm. one for starters, I too want to thank everybody, especially anybody that's come along for the ride, any of our, you know, normal listeners, people that listen all the time and, uh, have been kind of following this project along with us. People that ask about it outside of here, ask about when the next one's coming, the next road to relaunch is coming, all this stuff. All of that has been awesome. All of that has been great to hear. And just again, I, I, uh, I was blown away. I wanted to make sure that there was a strong first day showing that completely happened. <laughs> yeah. And now here, here's where we sit. I mean, uh, and by we, I mean, just by the sheer fact that I'm having this interview with, with Doug, this is where John and Doug sit because these guys have put hearts, heart and soul into this project. Again, uh, as of this recording, 14 days left, already doing stretch goals. And just again, you guys have also helped make sure that Doug and I are going to be talking about this through fulfillment. Uh, mm-hmm. we're going to, you're going to be able to come along for the ride, uh, all the way through and, and find out what happens, uh, after Kickstarter releases the money and, and now, now it's go time. <laughs> so we, uh, Doug and I have talked about that as well. And, and we're extremely, uh, happy and stoked to be able to continue our conversations. Not that we don't talk if this isn't <laughs> happening, but. Wait, we have to talk if this doesn't happen. <laughs> cancel your pledges. No, not please. Please don't cancel your pledges. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's been, it's been an awesome ride. And that's why I really did want to take the front end of this before we get into anything specific and just, uh, enjoy the moment because there's been a lot of work leading up to this on a lot of people's ends and, uh, it, it all paid off. It's it's a great game. You guys are going to be getting a, an excellent, awesome game. And it's cool when we get to see the Kickstarter system work the way a lot of people hope it works in, in the fact that, you know, an indie publisher has a really good idea and the the crowd gets behind it. So, awesome. And I do just want to take a second here to specifically talk about John for a sec since he hasn't been involved with the Road to Relaunch interviews and stuff. It's, I think... A couple backers have congratulated me personally, which I appreciate. And, you know, I, I just think through no fault of their own, it's easy to forget, you know, that, that there is no meltdown games without John, that the amount of, I've done the, the public stuff, but almost all of the private stuff, uh, has been on him. So, you know, the card layout, you know, a lot of the iconography, he's got a much, much better visual eye. So, you know, we'll get art from our artist and, uh, I'll say, yeah, you know, it looks good to me. And he'll say, you know, there's only two fingers on that person's hand. I mean, not that, but like that. So he's been doing all of the stuff that people do without getting credit for it, pretty much. And so I just want to make sure that the the whole wide world who's listening to this knows that this is 100% 50-50, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> it really does. And, and it kind of rings true with me quite a bit as well, because obviously... I tend to be more of the face of all us geeks. And that's kind of what you've kind of been with Meltdown Games because John's had the hectic schedule and, and, and put, like you said, put in the time on the back end, but hasn't had the time to maybe do the front end type stuff. Uh, and so that's where you've kind of had to step in quite a bit more. And I, like I said, I, I completely get that because Jordan doesn't really want to be the face, but he is every major decision that's ever made about all us geeks. Nothing passes unless we both 
say so. So we both have full say in it. We both sit down and talk pros and cons and all that stuff. And anything from the videos we do to the actual podcast, to special episodes we do, even the fact that the game of crowdfunding still is under the All Us Geeks umbrella is because the both of us want it that way. So, I mean, I, and I've had the same thing happen even as early as this last week, Doug, I had somebody go, you know, basically say, Oh, All Us Geeks is Jeff. It's like, well, no. Uh, I mean, I do a lot, yes, but all us geeks is Jeff and Jordan, and no decision will be made without Jordan. So that that's not one hundred percent true. No. <laughs> yeah. So what should we uh, cover for this evening? Uh, you want to talk a bit more about Gothic Doctor in in general, or I know you talked about we we did want to kind of talk a little bit more about Indie Game Alliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to start there and talk a little bit more yeah. about their involvement in uh, the project? And I know they are also a huge cheerleader right now. I, I see them promoting Gothic Doctor yeah. all the time yeah. right now. So let, let's get into that part. Yeah. So uh, Indie Game Alliance, in case people are just tuning in for you know this one, if they haven't been following the whole road to relaunch, if you want to hear a little bit more for anything I accidentally gloss over this time or whatever that's back in episode five i think the yep. last one the road to relaunch five was was the last one mm-hmm. so a couple months ago matt holden from indie game alliance sent me and john a message on twitter introduced himself and said what he was all about you know so we started talking and it seemed like like he was really into the community end of gaming like i am so we talked a lot about you know what they could do for us and what we could do for them and all that kind of thing. And it seemed like it was going to be a really good fit. And so far, it absolutely has been. Uh, they've signed, we were, I think, the second or third studio they signed. So we, we meddled, which is nice. <laughs> so uh, Indie Game Alliance is, uh, right now, they have in the neighborhood of 35 studios, I think. You know, this is starting a couple months ago when we were the one of the first studios that signed up with them. You know, they've just been exploding because their idea is phenomenal. And Matt's great to work with, Matt Holden and uh, Rebecca Storm, who's second in command over there, or maybe first in command. I'm not sure how the power structure works. <laughs> but this is back to that whole more public, more private face thing. Matt is more the, seems to be more the public face of it. So the way it works is studios can get them to help you get your game out there and, and get the word out you out there for your game at a variety of tiers, the lowest of which is free. You know, which for a brand new studio is is great. And as it stands right now, since you know we haven't made any money yet, we're still in that free tier. But the amount of service we've been getting has been astounding. As he started signing more and more people, I figured, okay, well, you know, we're going to get pushed towards the back because we're the little guy. And that, I mean, if he's if this is the back, then God, I can't even imagine what the front looks like. He's been great. He's been a, a huge source of you know uh, helping us get the word out there. He's going to help us get together uh, an AMA on Reddit and you know, really drawing a lot of people in. So for designers, it's it's on that front. And then for gamers, what's really cool about this is the flip side is also there, that this is a, a great thing for gamers to get, too, because for free, gamers can get games from Alliance uh, member studios that they then demo but get to keep. So we sent probably six or seven copies, prototype copies of Gothic Doctor out to, they're called Minions, which I think is a lot of fun. To, to get out there and demo and a lot of them, you know, just took it and, and did awesome things with it, getting it out into the world. And there's been some, some fan art that uh, we posted recently and somebody's working on a, a custom box for the game for her prototype copy. Uh, so I just think that's so cool. So for, 
players. You know, if you're into free games, I mean, honestly, who isn't? Check it out on Twitter. It's Indie Game Allies. And on uh, their website, it's IndieGameAlliance.com. They're building momentum now. They're getting some people to sign up. And then their big launch is going to be at Gen Con, which I'll be there for. And I'm still holding out hope that uh, my favorite podcaster is going to come join us, possibly. This Jeff King guy, I don't know if you've heard of him. It's um, where? Well, it's, Did you just it's say Gen, Gen Con? Con? It's this magical land. Yeah, that that is so not happening this year. Okay. Unfortunately. Well, but... a guy can dream. But, you know, if you want to come to Protospiel, Michigan at the end of July, I'll be there. Well, we can talk about that. <laughs> Probably not, but we could talk about it. Hey, honey, I just finished my Kickstarter. <laughs> Going to Michigan. I'll leave my wedding ring here. <laughs> so yeah, the Indie Game Alliance has just been phenomenal, and I've gotten to meet a bunch of uh, a bunch of great designers through there. I feel like every day I wind up having a conversation with another independent designer. And they're like, "Oh, I saw that. You know, Matt was uh, tweeting about your game. We uh, signed up with them." And I'm like, "What?" So uh, Masquerade Games, who have uh, Fire at Will right now. Uh, on Kickstarter, which I got to play at Dexcon, uh, which is a convention in Morristown. And then uh, actually I was in New York last night and got to play it again with uh, the designer. It's a phenomenal game. Everybody should check that out on Kickstarter right now. It is. Uh, it's it's in the editing queue right now, but that, I believe that was one of my draft picks for the next game of crowdfunding draft pick for draft pick nice. edition. So. <laughs> it's it's so much fun. And it's, it's a real fast, real time game. Anyway, I digress. Um, so I was, I was talking to them about, you know, cause we launched on the same day and we were talking about, you know, we took slightly different approaches to Kickstarter. So we we're comparing notes and chatting and they said, yeah. And you know, this guy, Matt Holden has been just huge helping us out. And I was like, from Indie Game Alliance, yeah. <laughs> and then I was talking to, uh, to Ivan Turner from Nine Kingdoms at Dexcon as well. And he said, yeah, you know, we signed up with them. We think it's, uh, we think it's really cool. So yeah, there's there's a lot of studios, so there's a lot of different games uh, playtesters and and demoers can get, and I'm pretty sure, uh, but you'd have to check the website on this if you're interested in being a minion. Uh, I think once they start having a, a web store when they do their hard launch, there'll be ways for minions to earn credits towards discounts or even free games from the store. So you can get free games for playing free games with new friends. I mean, I don't know what else you want. I, I could ask them if they'll give puppies away too, but my guess is if you wanted puppies, Matt would give you puppies. So huge shout out to them. Uh, they've been phenomenal. They've done a, a ton of tweeting and, and a ton of support. And while I'm spreading the love around also, uh, Dave Simpson from gamers on games, he has a, a YouTube channel and he's a, he's a local Jersey boy with me. They do a lot of war games, but uh, I met him, you know, through the, the New Jersey network of, of gaming people and found out we have the same uh, friendly local game store. So he did, uh, he did some videos for that and we're hoping to, to get in an interview with him, but you know, with con craziness, it didn't work out since he's two towns over from me and we're hoping to, to make that happen soon. So also a huge shout out to him. He's, he's a phenomenal big hearted guy. And, uh, if you guys want to see some, some YouTube videos about war games, check him out. Gamers on games. So I'll also, uh, point out that obviously go check out the website and check him out on Twitter for Indie Game Alliance, but. If you are curious about hearing more, uh, I'm actually sitting down with them at the end of the month here. So, uh, I'm oh, nice. going to be doing an interview and we'll be, uh, talking all about Indie Game Alliance and, uh, that'll be, uh, and end of July. So it'll actually come out like the first weekend in August, probably. So, uh, we're going to sit down and talk to them a little bit about, about Indie Game Alliance and of course their, their plans for the Gen Con launch and all that good stuff. So yeah, we'll, we'll have a conversation. It'll be a good time. Nice. 
<laughs> you know, there's something I kind of wanted to talk to you about. I wasn't sure how to, to talk about it at first because I don't want it to sound as ridiculous as it sounds in my head anyway. <laughs> but I think it, it, it's a piece that has been a part of this campaign. And I know you've gotten advice elsewhere as well. So not specifically our interaction uh, and mm-hmm. our consulting on stuff, but in a, in a more generalized aspect, how has consulting or, or having consultants been for this campa- campaign or, or you know what I'm trying to get at, <laughs> I guess? Yeah. So I, I mean, so just, cool. just again, cause other people might be, okay, let me put it this way. There's a lot of free resources out there. And definitely check those out. And, and I've always encouraged people that, that ask me for advice and, and stuff. And I, I think Doug, I've even sent you to a couple links here and there. So check this out. And if you still got questions, let's talk about it after that. So as not to waste anybody's time <laughs> that, you know, especially somebody that, that is potentially paying me for consulting time. It's like, well, do this part of the research on your own. If, if you've got the time, otherwise I will do it, but come back with the very specific questions you have after seeing what's already out there. So sometimes even with all this free information, sometimes some people maybe need it condensed down. Some people need, I still don't get it or, uh, uh, this doesn't 100% apply to me or how can I make this apply to me? All of those, right. you know, various things. So I thought in a generalized way, if you could kind of cover some of that. Uh, and again, I don't want it to come off like it's about me because it's not. Yeah. It's about the project and it's about services that you've used above and beyond what you and I have talked about. Yeah. So I I would say the first big thing to say about consulting is unless you have a really, really good reason to probably don't pay for it or, or don't have that be your first step. Don't assume that you're going to need to pay somebody to do consulting. So uh, the place that I send people to every chance I get is Kickstarter on Facebook, uh, the group called Kickstarter Best Practices and Lessons Learned. Mm-hmm. That has been such a phenomenal resource for this campaign. A lot of discussion, a lot of argument is a strong word, but debate, <laughs> we'll say. A lot of tough love and, you know, a lot of, a lot of great information gets passed around there every day. So that's of all the groups I'm part of, that's my must read daily on Facebook. Right. And that's actually one I sent you to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Doug, are you part of this group? If not, go be there now. <laughs> right. What, what group is that, Jeff? Oh, okay. I'll check it out. And, yeah, and, and, yeah, and that was one of the things. It was like, you know, you, you had asked for some recommendations on groups that you may not be a part of. And right. part of it was because there are a lot of groups out there. Unfortunately, a good portion of the ones that you had originally found weren't very active. Right. So we tried to get match you up with very active and good resource groups. And that was one of the top ones that, that we talked about. And like, and we've talked about before you joined and you've become a very active part of that community as well, which is mm-hmm. how that community survives really. Yeah. So I, I would say anybody even thinking about doing a, a Kickstarter project, you can start the consulting process now. I mean, you can start seeing if they have a conversation about the best way to manage stretch goals. If you're running a Kickstarter project, you know, there's a very good chance you're going to have stretch goals. And if you're not, you're going to need to know why not. And so, you know, the reason that we put three stretch goals on our website, we have more planned. We, we have a lot more planned, but they're not on the website yet because of the conversations that we had in there. We have very few levels because of the conversations we had in there. 
And, you know, like with anything, there were, there were some things, uh, one of the levels we have, the level that's gotten the least action on our project is the Gen Con pickup. We're printing uh, an early edition of the game, uh, without stretch goals, without any of the additional stuff, just the game as it stands right now. We're printing that and we're bringing it to Gen Con and people can, can pick it up there. And, you know, we got a fair amount of, of pushback on that. Including me. Including you. Right. <laughs> and, you know, but then John and I talked about it and said, yeah, this is important to us. We want to be able to, for a variety of reasons that if people want to know about, we can talk about next time. But for a variety of reasons, we decided that was important to us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you filter feedback. We talked about, you know, filtering feedback. Before. Right. And I think one of the things, too, was when you and I were talking about it, it was here's and pretty much the way I approach almost everything that we end up having a conversation about. Here's my opinion on it. Here's what I think. Uh, and then if you, for whatever reason, push back and say, well, here's why we think this, then my mode usually switches to, okay, let's try to figure out the least amount of lashback you can get if you're going right. to get any. Let's, let's make this fit for what you want to do. Right. Where yeah, so. th- that's maybe one thing that you don't always get, say, in that group, because people have their opinion. This is the way it should be. And you don't always, I mean, some people might, but a lot of times you're going to get, well, no, I still think that you should not do this no matter what. This is, this is the, my, my overall strong opinion on this one thing, uh, versus like you said, somebody like, it's like, here it is. Here's my thoughts on it. Here's what I think is going to happen. Nope. You still want to go, okay, uh, let's figure out how to make what I think is going to happen less likely to happen. Yeah, and it, it is always the best of intentions. And the other thing is that Kickstarter is such a moving target that you never know what's going to be be big potato salad. Um, you never know what's you know what, really? what's gonna. Hey, I don't want to. I don't want to get too far into it. I just think it's funny. It's 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 like a like performance art almost. No, I, I just think it was a joke that took off. Fine, if people want to give their money to that. Fine, I mean, fine. But anyway. So Kickstarter is such a moving target that, you know, what makes sense now might not make sense a year from now. So one of the things that was huge last last year when we were doing our first project was throwing in a bunch a bunch of new levels in the middle. And Boss Monster did that and had a little bit of success with it. <laughs> so things like that. But those sort of fell by the wayside because that was causing some backer confusion, but it was big for a while. You know, it was a, it was a good way to help ease that slump in the middle, have some, have some boost in the middle. But, you know, that kind of drifted away. A lot of the conventional wisdom, one of the biggest things that people kept telling us was about July. Don't do July. Don't do July. Don't do July. We had to because, you know, with John's work schedule being as insane as it is and, you know, my schedule being crazy for all but July and August as a, as a teacher, it just had to be. And so we started it as soon into July as we could and we've done okay. Statistically, July may be a weaker month than others, but again, it's that back to the idea of filtering feedback. I don't think I ever told you not to do July, though. I don't think I ever. No, 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 you never. Yeah, I I was, I was like, why would I have said? I mean, I, I know what, and there's all that good stuff out there. I mean, I usually tell somebody don't, maybe don't start and maybe don't end on Gen Con. Right. But even that, I mean, it, it's. It can happen still, and and you're. I mean, it's it's such a moving target. And you know, the the thing you were talking about it too. Just look from uh, Kickstarter is always evolving in some form or fashion, uh, and and what's acceptable and what's not. I mean, you talked about throwing in all the new levels. Let's you know look at. Hey, have we ever heard of Kickstarter exclusives? 
how much backlash do people get now because of Kickstarter exclusives? Uh, let's look right. at when Kickstarter first started. You could draw up your idea on a napkin almost at that time. <laughs> and, and there were fewer people, but the people that were there were like, right on. We're going to help this, this independent right. person get their game done. Who are we seeing on there today? There's not, there's a mix of, independent game designers and established uh, publishers using Kickstarter. I mean, so it, it's all over the board. And, and so what what works yesterday may not work a month from now. Right. Does Zombicide 3 need the money or nothing's going to happen with it? No, but <laughs> fine. You know, if they want to, if the Kickstarter is uh, is worth it to them, you know, that, that percentage I heard uh, at Unpub 4, Patrick Nickel from, uh, from Crash Games is talking about how, as it stands right now, yeah, between Kickstarter taking 5% and Amazon taking 3 to 5, he loses about 10%. That's a big chunk. To him, it's worth every penny for the, for that being, you know, that dimension of the marketing and, and that being the sort of way that people are getting games. So yeah, I mean, I'm very much in the use Kickstarter, how you want to use it, be honest about it kind of camp. So to, to bring it back to the, the original point here, if you're thinking about a project or even if you're thinking that you might want to start thinking about it's never too early to start getting advice. So head over to, to Kickstarter best practices and lessons learned on Facebook and jump in the mix and be polite and make sure you read posts before you start harassing people about posting spam like I accidentally did today. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about hugs. Um, so that's, that's my plug for there. I think we talked last time about what you should and what you should not pay for. Yeah, we did yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And consulting, I would say is, is in the gray area, but if you're able to, I would say, you know, first time through your first pass at the at the page, you don't need to start with getting paid professional feedback. If you want that to be near the end, if you're going to do a bigger project and you have some more money to, to put in and start, fine. If that's how you want to how you want to spend your budget, I think you know that could be valuable. But you know, the more polished product you bring to a paid critic, paid reviewer, paid advisor, what have you, the better the feedback's going to be. You know, they don't have to tell you. Well, you have some typos. They can get right into the into the bigger stuff. It really is about minimizing or getting the best return you can for if you're going to use consulting services and and you're going to pay somebody. Then you know get get the most that you can out of your money, and that's specifically what you were kind of talking about. I mean, if you if you come to me with a blank slate, then I have to spend many more hours getting you to a point. You know, where it's like, okay, now let's go over it one more time with a fine tooth comb kind of thing. Right. Versus you coming up and saying, here's what I've got. I don't know, you know, whatever, but I mean, you've got something and you've, and you've gone over it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, I spend a lot less time on it, but you're getting a very focused commentary for right. the money that you're, you're putting forward. So, and I completely, and this is why I kind of half wanted to have this conversation and, and I definitely did not want to make it about, uh, specifically, you know, the fact that I offer consulting services. Mm-hmm. But what Doug's talking about is some of what you're going to hear from me straight up right away before I ever take on a customer. Uh, and, and it's, it's kind of the way I've always been. Like I've worked in sales and my best customers were the ones I've told what they shouldn't buy from me. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> because that's just always the way I've been. So then those are the people that will come back and say, all right, you actually did not try to sell me this because you knew it wasn't a fit for me. So what is a fit for me? Right. 
and that's my approach on the consulting side of things. That's like I said, even when you and I are talking, it's like, all right, obviously this is something you want to do. I don't necessarily 100%, I'm not 100% on board with the way it's shaped right now. Let's figure out how to make sure it happens. I mean, it's, you know, like I've always said, at the end of the day, it's your project. I need to help you get your project in the spot that you are comfortable with it. And uh, so I mold to that. I'll give you the straight up, here's what I think, but I'll mold to this is what you, you feel comfortable having. But going back, my first thing is going to be, have you checked out these resources? Right. Have you read through these resources? Have have you gone to the Kickstarter? Have you looked at Jamie Stagmeyer's blog? Have you maybe looked at James Matthews' blog? Have you, you know, listened to I've even sent send people back to just the podcast. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? And maybe even specific ones. You know, the question that you're asking, we talked about that in Road to Relaunch Two or you know, something like that. And right. go listen to that and then come back when you're done and ask me any questions you still have. So Yeah. And that I think listening to listening in on other conversations about it, I think is so, so huge because, you know, especially if this is your first or even your second time, there might be things that you have no idea to even ask about. Today I was, or yesterday I was poking around on kick track. <laughs> That's right. So we have backstories. We have social stretch goals for, for the campaign. And the way I had it set up originally was uh, I was, you know, keeping a tally mark every time I saw that one of my friends had shared it. And I told backers, you know, if you do share it somewhere, please send me an email and let me know. And, you know, a few had, but, and then I had a, a search on Twitter saved so that, you know, it would come up and I'd written down, you know, the last time I tallied it and I went on kick track and, you know, it said, uh, you know, number of backers, this number shares this number. And I went, what, <laughs> what? I want those four hours back. That I, um, and, and so, you know, it, it's stuff like that. Like I never would have even thought to ask somebody, so, hey, can KickTrack tell me how many times my project has been shared online? They can. Now you know. And things like that. So listening in on other conversations can be great because something may just have never occurred to you. Honestly, I'm sure there's stuff that still hasn't occurred to me about about Kickstarter and stuff will happen. So the more you can sort of jump in and, and get, in the, get in the conversation, even if it's just on the sidelines, I would say the better and the more focused your consulting can be if you do wind up getting it. Yeah. And Kickstarter is an interesting beast anyway. I mean, I, I'm constantly learning new things every day and, and constantly searching out new things. And, you know, I somewhat live on Kickstarter. <laughs> I've helped a lot of people get to running a project. So it's, it's one of those things like constant educate. You, you're very aware of constant edu- education. Uh, am I right, Doug? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah so, education's okay, I guess. <laughs> So it's, it's one of those things is like, if I'm going to provide that type of service, I better kind of keep up on, on what's going on. And like I said, you know, like you and I are talking today, I just found out myself that, you know, whatever the whim was, Kickstarter added canceled projects back into their search. You right. know, and that was something that I had to go out and figure out on my own. And, and I've shared a, a couple times today, actually. It's, it's weird. It's like I find it out and suddenly it's part of the conversation that somebody's having that I walk in on. It's like, no, no, go do the search right now. You know, kind right. of thing. Those are there. You'll see them. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, and who knows that tomorrow they could come back out. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's just little things like that, little things like, you know, letting people know about the notify on launch because of the preview page, mm-hmm. all kinds of different things that, you know, I'm constantly trying to find out because people ask and people are asking about it all the time. And you may be up for your project. You may be up for whatever. And, and, and you may not 
you're focused in on your project and you may not know the little things that Kickstarter is doing off to the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for instance, even uh, I think the notify online, like when you look at your project, I believe you don't, you don't know that specific if, if you're looking at it from your aspect, uh, as, as, as creating it, do you don't actually see that notify on launch link, right? I don't think so. Let me. Yeah, I don't think you do because I think I've surprised like three project owners with that because they never see it. They've, they've never followed their own preview link without being logged in. Yeah. You're pretty much always logged in because you're always making changes and taking that feedback and, and, and stuff while you're getting ready for the launch. So a lot of people, uh, until a bunch of us started kind of saying, Hey, do you know this exists now and, and promoting it more? Right. So that, that's, you know, one of those things it's, it's that I'm always constantly kind of on the lookout for. So yeah. kind of to, to wrap back around. And if you've got any final words on it, again, I offer consulting services, but I do agree with what Doug has said. Avoid paying for what you don't really have to pay for. And that's one of the things when people approach me again, as one of my first things is, have you done this, this and this? And again, it's not like give me 50 bucks. Okay. Have you done this, this and this? It's. Have you done this, this, and this before you and I get into an agreement on what services I will provide for you? Uh, because I want to make sure you're able to come to me with, again, your focus questions that you still have, still want, maybe need somebody else to, to wrap it in another bow, whatever, whatever the case may be. You know, I, I've sure. had all kinds of people, you know, are, don't know if they're 100% comfortable with running it fully without somebody to kind of consult with. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons. So right. if you get to that point and you're still there, there are a bunch of us out there that will do consulting of various types and, and reach out. But I think one of the things that Doug said is, and I also agree with, make sure if you're going to go that route that you factor it in and that you realize that it is another expense that you're looking at then because of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of the guys on the, I think this is a good way to kind of think about it too. One of the guys on the Kickstarter best practices page, uh, who's really active. And I think one of the moderators, Timothy said that, you know, he offers to run a campaign for you for $500. And he said more than half the time, if he's face to face with the person, what he does is he has them hand him. He asks for $5 up front in singles, which he slaps them with and then says, here are, you know, these eight blogs you could read without paying me. I'm going to keep this $5. If you still want me after you read those, you know, you can come back and give, you know, you can come back and give me more money, but I don't think you'll need me. Yeah. So it's like that. It's something where it should be something where you're choosing to get a consultant because there are things that either you can't do, you know, like if John didn't have the the graphic design chops that he did, we would have needed help, you know, somebody doing the the design and the layout for our, for our Kickstarter. But chances are it's something that you could learn how to do. But if it's something that you don't want to learn how to do, then that's, I think, where the, where the consultant comes in. It's a really great resource. Right. I fully agree. It's basically boils down to, do you, one, is it something that you've decided that you don't have time for? Right. Uh, then you're willing to pay for somebody's time. I mean, it's like, you know, you can learn to change your own oil. <laughs> right. If you don't want to learn to change your own oil, you're going to pay somebody else to change your oil. That, that right. kind of thing. So it boils down to that. Or if, you just really, there's something that you're really not getting your head around and you need that outside, you know, yeah. outside advice. Yep. I fully agree. Yep. Cool. All right. What do you want to talk about now? Since I brought up kick track before, I do want to, I do want to talk about that a little bit. 
for those of you who haven't done a project before, or those of you who haven't monitored your kick track carefully, it's really important to take what they say on there, especially in the first few days with a grain of salt. The way they do their main projection, they have the lines that tell you where you are, uh, where your funding goal is, and where your projected funding is. Your projected funding seems to be your daily average times the number of days that you have left. Everybody knows that alpha backers on Kickstarter are huge. Our campaign made over $3,000 on the first day. We haven't had any days that good. I hope we do. That'd be fantastic. But I don't expect to have any days that good again. The, you know, the first day KickTrack was saying, well, you're going to make $60,000. I said, I'm not going to do that, KickTrack. John and I can't go into this thinking like, oh, God, now we need, you know, our stretch goal should be $5,000 apart because make sure you're taking that with a grain of salt. They do have another feature that only shows up a few days in once they have more data to tell you a range. And that's probably more like they have their their high range and their low range. And I'll be beside myself with psychdom if we hit the low range that they're saying. But yeah, so with KickTrack, do be careful with that. Right. And just to kind of add to that a little bit, I know um, if you're looking to potentially use KickTrack, and, and again, it's it's not an exact science by any mm-hmm. way, shape, or form, right. but it's more beneficial to you, slightly more accurate to look at after a week. Yes. So about yeah, maybe like day eight, nine, what are you looking at at that point? What is KickTrack talking about? And that's probably going to be a bit closer to, to what you're looking for, uh, mm-hmm. versus like you said, Oh my God, look, you know, Hey, uh, after day one, Hey, we, you know, if, if you're one of those people that like everybody piles in on day one, cause you've, you've done the, the social outreach, uh, you've done what Doug and I have been doing here and just trying to get the word out and, and get people there on day one. You know, that's not going to be every day by any, right. any stretch of the imagination. You know, you're going to have your big up front. You're going to have your big end. Uh, and you're going to have various days in the middle, but you know, it, it looks like a bridge, right? I mean, almost right. most projects have that lull in the middle. Uh, and there, there are various things that you can try to do to kind of make that lull not look as, as bad, not dip as much, but, uh, you're just not going to come out day one and stay that strong through an entire campaign usually. Right. Yeah. I, I actually on the third, third or fourth day of the campaign, I, you know, was, was checking it because obviously even if it's not, you know, great data at that point, still you got to check it. And I, you know, turned to my wife and I said, honey, I have really bad news. At this rate, we're going to lose money on the project because their projected just keeps dropping. Um, so. So yeah, just, um, I think KickTrack is a phenomenal resource for organizing the data that you already have, telling you, you know, you have this many comments on this day and you can see that, you know, more co- comments tends to correspond to more backers. So what was it about that day? And thinking about, you know, ways to, to keep momentum going or, you know, looking at it and saying, okay, yeah, obviously the day we had the second most comments on the page was the day we funded. So everybody was coming on there and saying, oh, cool. And you know, stuff like that. For future projections, you know, like Twain said, there's lies, there's damn lies, and then there's statistics. So uh, anytime you're projecting into the future, I mean, we all saw Minority Report. We know how well that works. <laughs> you know, uh, you you hit on something else that wouldn't probably be a bad thing for us to discuss a little bit. Uh, minority then, Report? Yes. Because uh, <laughs> you're already funded. We don't need to talk about Gothic Doctor anymore. Okay, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, you know, it's... Just looking at your project so far, and you know, you're going until the 23rd, July 23rd, like we said, you got 14 days left. Mm-hmm. 
you've done the uh, social uh, social share goals, which we <laughs> talked about very early on. Well, I don't know. I can't. I think we talked about them briefly on the podcast, but you and I talked about them very early on. Um, <laughs> thought process and and all that stuff. Uh, so you've got that going on, but you also you put out five updates so far. In right as of right now, you've got like fifty five comments on it. So uh, you you've got an a decent amount of activity going on there. Mm-hmm. How about your guys' thought process behind, say, updates and, and participating in the comment section, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah. So uh, update-wise, one of the things that we we wanted to make sure we were doing is we wanted to send out updates when we need to, but only when we need to. And we've been sending out a lot more updates than I expected to because I Honestly, I didn't expect the project to fund as quickly and do as well as it did. I'm not complaining. I am behind on sending out backer emails. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's a good problem to have. You know, we're not sending out fluff and we're trying to condense things into as few updates as possible. You know, like with the social, the most recent update about the second social stretch goal, I didn't know we had hit that yet. Based on my tally stuff, which we talked about (laughs) earlier, we hadn't hit it yet. But I said, we're 10 shares away. You know, John, I think we should just, you know, 190, fine. We'll have them vote. We'll get 10 more. I'm not worried about that. We'll share it 10 times between now and the end. So fine. Then he said, yeah, absolutely. And so that way, you know, keeping it condensed so that people aren't feeling like, oh, great. Here's another email from Gothic Doctor. How can I make this stop? Oh, yeah, I can unfund. So, you know, the thinking that went in there is we want to keep those as concise as possible. And I do tend to ramble. We want to keep them uh, as informative as possible not more than once a day. And even if that means that we have to, you know, lump some things in together, we're still trying to figure out what exactly we're going to do about those back action card voting for the social stretch goals. We may have another vote or we may just say, well, it's going to be the top two or three since we're doing pretty well on, we're almost 400 shares last I checked. So we may just say, okay, well, the top three votes get it. Just to try to reduce, you know, you want backer engagement, but at the same time, you don't want backers to feel like, you know, I wouldn't want to feel as a backer that I'm going to miss out if I don't get to this every day. And why can't they just condense it? It's important to think about ways to have updates to share for sure, but also have a plan for if you have a lot to update about. So, you know, it's that, that old idea of you need to plan for what's going to happen if it's not going well, but you also need to have a plan for what's happening if it's going really well. We had a really good plan if it didn't go that well. I'm glad we don't have to use it, but guys, it was a good plan. <laughs> Let's not test that theory. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> um, please don't un. Uh, please don't unback us again. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, we could have had a little bit stronger plan for. Well, what happens if we boom? We fund. Um, like I said, we have more stretch goals planned out, and I'd be surprised if, if we run through those. But yeah, we didn't, and especially with the the more shares on kick track thing, we didn't have that as a uh, as a fallback plan. So you know, John and I are still. You know, we've, we've put the options out there and we're, we're thinking about them. So we'll have a, have a response soon. But I, I think for, for my, you know, outside looking in kind of perspective, mm-hmm. I, I do like the fact, I mean, like I said, you've got five updates out here. You guys haven't been, you haven't been shy about doing updates. You just have a very specific way that you prefer to do them. And right. you would prefer not to do more than one a day if you have to, but you're not shying away from doing them where I've seen other projects or I've had somebody go, I don't understand why this isn't happening. It's like, you know what? You didn't even do uh after day one update. Right. You haven't said anything. And then beyond that though, I mean, where, where you're not 
necessarily wanting to put out multiple updates, you're very active in the comment section, mm-hmm. which is another very, I mean, it's, it's one of those like, I have seen projects do a reverse once you've gotten past the halfway point. If the project owner just seems to vanish, right, is not engaging, is not answering questions, is not just having that conversation with the community that's trying to support them. It just, gives a lot of people an uneasy feeling and they have no problem pulling their pledge if they get that feeling. So yeah. in that aspect, I think, again, you guys, I mean, you're not, you're not inundating your backers with updates and you're making them informative updates, but you're participating as much as possible on the comment side where that's right. not going to hammer somebody with emails and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. We, um, my wife was off from work today. So we went over to a friend's house. The mom said, Hey, you've really been, you know, getting back to people, but there was that one guy you didn't get back to. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, he, he asked a question and you didn't respond to it. Why was that? I said, because I missed it. Oh no. <laughs> and, uh, so I, you know, I broke out the phone. I read it. And I went, oh yeah. And you know, did it right then. So yeah, I think comments are a good way to engage because, you know, like you said, that's not inundating people with emails, but then they're seeing it if they say, Hmm, I haven't heard from him in a day or two. What's the deal there? Even that can be a little acceptable, but it's, it's when there's just no communicate. Like, right. there are individuals that'll put up a project and think, all right, I've done my part. <laughs> right. Now, now I'm just gonna, I'll come back in 30 days and the money will rolled in and, <clears throat> and that is just not the case. And again, first day or two or even, you know, first week of the project, uh, you might get, you know, a, a stream of people is just kind of go, Ooh, this looks cool. Let me back mm-hmm. it. But as time goes on and there's no communication, not nothing that makes this, it, it, it's an uneasy feeling that a lot of people is like, Hey, you can't even take the time to talk to the people that are trying to leave comments for you. You can't, you can't tell us that you're happy that you've reached a certain point and it's been 10 days. Then what does that say about you? getting this project done, getting it out, communicating with us if there's an issue, all of that stuff. And and once people start getting in that mindset, they're like, you know what? I'm going to go over to Gothic Doctor where he's talking to everybody in the comments and and sure. is very active and engaged with his community. Right. And, and, you know, that's, again, back to the idea of, like you just said, community. It's, this isn't a, hi, guys, I'm here, throw money at me. It's... I'm here to, to talk to you guys. And, you know, Gothic Doctor is a community project. John and I did most of the work, but, you know, it, it's still a project that, you know, you had a hand in and, you know, our playtesters had a hand in. You know, the, the version that's in the deluxe version is there because that's the one the playtesters really like the best. And, you know, the action cards that are going to be in there, the first one is in there because it, that's the one that people voted on. And the next ones are going to be in there because those are the ones that people wanted. I think the more you can do to engage your community, the better. I described it to somebody today as uh, I was talking to my brother who's a scientist who asked me the whole like, aren't you like just kind of like sitting around like watching your Kickstarter? That must be cool. And I was like, I'm not. Like, do you remember how I sent you an email when you backed? Do you think you're the only person I sent an email to? And he said, but yeah, I mean, like, like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm doing all these things. He said, well, that's, that's a lot of stuff. I said, yeah, Kickstarter, you know, like a math project is like a, a brick. Like if you have a whole room, the brick takes up that part of the room. But, you know, like a Kickstarter is, is a gas. It just, whatever space you have, it's going to fill it. And so if I had three hours a day to run the Kickstarter, could I do it? Well, probably not. So, you know, between the, even between me and John, you know, six hours a day on the Kickstarter, could we fit that in? Probably not. 
but maybe it wouldn't be the kind of project we would want to run, which is why it was so important for us to, to do this during the summer. But I mean, yeah, that, that is the other thing that you do have to, one of the things I'm realizing with a campaign that was more successful than John and I would have ever imagined or even really hoped for is you, you do sort of have to have a plan in place for, well, what the hell are you going to do if one of your days that you spent working on this, you spent 21 and a half hours working on it? How are you going to make sure that it doesn't fill up all the space? One of the ways to do that is I am behind on getting out emails to backers, but you know, John and I talked about it and I said, you know, I really would like to take part of Wednesday off and I'm, I think I'm going to get caught up on everything by Saturday, make sure that's the case, but then not do anything Sunday. No updates, no voting, no, no nothing. And of course, you know, I'm going to let people know about that in, you know, a Friday or Saturday update just so it's not like, well, where the hell Doug go? But it's important to limit in some ways the, the space that it has to fill because, you know, there are other more important aspects of your life. The second or third day, I forget which one it was. My mom came over to, to have lunch with me. Oh no, it was the, the day we hit our funding goal. And, you know, I had a ton of stuff to do and we had plans for her to come over and we're going to start watching, uh, since she's retired and I'm off for the summer, we're going to start watching, uh, The Wire together now that it's on Amazon. Nice. And, Good and watch. so, you know, like, yeah, it's oh, the first episode was so good. So highly recommend if you have Amazon Prime, but do not tell me anything about it. Seriously. I, I won't. Okay. And you know, that was one of those things where what could I have done in those two hours that we spent making lunch and eating and then watching the show? Well, I could have done this, 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 and this. But you do as a creator, you do have to say, look, priorities, man, priorities. You know, the backers will understand that you have a mother who wants to watch a gritty HBO show with you. Maybe they will. But um you know, you have other stuff going on uh, as long as you're up front. And I have no idea how I got to this point. In this <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. We got to learn a little bit more about uh, you and your uh, your family plans. <laughs> That's right. What else do you want to know? Well, you know what? Since you asked, yeah. we're getting close to time here. So I'm going to bring this back around to the hybrid episode that it is. Yes. So, Doug. Yes, Jeff. This is the point where I'm going to uh, let you give your... High-level elevator pitch for Gothic Doctor. All right, let's see if I do a better job of uh, of it this year than I did <laughs> last year. If you guys want to hear a really bad high-level pitch, go back and listen to the uh, the episode John and I were on over a year ago. All right, ready? Ready. Let's see how this goes. So Gothic Doctor is a quick card game for two to four players. You take on the role of a doctor in London's least reputable medical clinic catering to the patients that absolutely nobody else will even want in their waiting room because they'll scare the other patients. And those are the, the denizens of, uh, of London shadowy foggy alleyways who we know as part of Gothic literature. So you have people who have been harmed by those monsters like bite victims and lab assistants and lycanthropes all the way on up to legends like Dracula or Mr. Hyde or Frankenstein's monster, books like that. And you are absolutely happy to give them a hand with what's ailing them because they have a lot of money and they're willing to throw it at getting better. And so your goal is to make partner in your practice. And what's most important to the practice is, of course, the money. And so they have one opening, thanks to a little incident last week, and you and your fellow doctors are competing to show that you can earn the most money for the practice. With two players, the shortest game I've ever seen is 15 minutes, so it can be very quick. And with four players, it can go up to... First game can go up to about an hour, but usually half hour, 45 minutes with uh, with four players. All right. And then my follow-up question is usually... Yes. 
Somebody has checked, has listened up to this point, decided to pause, mm-hmm. gone on over to the Kickstarter page, checked it out, and is like, yeah, you know what? I think I might like this game. This might be something I want to back, but I'm still not 100% sure. What are a couple things that you would tell somebody to make them go, you know what, Doug, you're absolutely right. You've got my money right now. I have to back this immediately. Sure. So the first thing, if people are concerned with... uh People want reassurance about the quality of the game. We've tested this over at Unpub. You can go over, and I think those ratings are public record. If they're not, send me an email, and I will tell you exactly what's there. So we've you know tested this a bunch at Unpub. Our ratings have been pretty good. We have playtesters. We have reviews up on the website, so you can see what people think about it. So that's if if you're concerned about the quality. And we even have a, a free print in play, so you can check it out, you can print it out, you can play it, and see if you like it. It doesn't have the final art, but it does have the final gameplay. So there's that if they're concerned about the game itself. If it's about the campaign, you know, like we've been talking about, very much approaching this from a community aspect. And so we want people to be a part of this. And part of what we're doing there, part of the reason people should back now is voting on what goes into the game. So the action cards are going to get added permanently to the game. So our backers will have a voice in what, you know, hopefully 20 years from now, people are unwrapping from a box and playing in that version of Gothic Doctor. On top of that, with some of our funding goals, people are able to get some extra patience. They won't go into the official game, but based on however many we add, there'll be potential swap outs for other patients. So if people are are on the fence there, if you're cool with everybody else deciding what goes in the game and you're willing to just wait and you don't have a favorite character from Gothic Fiction who needs to be in there, then fine. Yeah, activate it, wait for those last 48 hours and give us a nice bump at the end there. If you want to, you know, have your voice heard in what's going into the game, you got to jump in. So, once again, Gothic Doctor is on Kickstarter right now. Doug and John were originally looking for $7,000. As of right now, it looks like they are at $8,766 going until July 23rd, 2014. Go check it out and definitely back it if it's something that you're interested in. Like you said, there is plenty to look at there uh, between the video, reviews, all that good stuff. We did an initial impressions review. And, of course, you can always kind of backtrack and listen to what Jordan and I thought about it on the podcast uh, the original time around. And spoiler alert, we love it, obviously. That's why I'm involved as much as I am at the moment. So, Doug. I think that's going to bring us to the end of episode six or road to relaunch part six, I should say. Absolutely. Hybrid with an interview, <laughs> the normal game of crowdfunding, uh, spot. So this, uh, but the next time we get together, the project will probably be over. Uh, mm-hmm. so we'll be talking about what happens, uh, after a project successfully funds. And so sometime in August, Doug and I'll. Find a date that works. August will probably be a hectic time. Sounds like somebody is lucky enough to still be going to Gen Con. So <laughs> come see us if you're there. Come see us. It's going to be great. We'll have buttons, free buttons. So we'll, we'll figure out a time that works for us in August, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll come back, talk about uh, what happens afterwards. And again, we're going to follow this and continue to talk about it until uh, the backers have it in their hands. Yep. All right, Doug. Thanks a lot, man. Again, it's it's always awesome sitting down and talking with you, and I'm glad we're going to get to continue that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. All right. So I will be back soon with more interviews for everyone. 
So thanks for listening. This podcast is a proud member of the GeekCast Network. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other podcasts with a geek culture slant, head over to geekcastnetwork.com, where you will find podcasts such as Royal Monster Battalion, where two geeks share their love of monster movies and have a few laughs along the way.